Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. As we learn to understand the character of God, as you serve God, you'll discover that God is too wise to make any mistakes. I want you to think about that for a moment. Too wise to make any mistakes. You see, I can have that confidence in God because I know that God is a gardener that loves us. That character provides amazing stability in my life. That wisdom, he's the gardener. It's understandable if you have trouble trusting God. You might feel that you're so insignificant. How could God care about little me? The truth of the matter, though, is that He does care about you more than you can understand or comprehend. Pastor Mark is teaching that for you to have the joy and peace that Jesus had and that God wants you to have, you have got to begin to trust Him. In the same way that Jesus relied on the Father for guidance and encouragement, you need to learn to do the same. Spend time reading His Word and praying, and then being obedient to what you hear Him say to you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 with part 2 of his message, Rejoice in One Thing. down at verse 4. Here's that first word we talked about, abide, remain, hang. Notice what it says in verse 4. Jesus says this, remain in me, hang with me in that relationship, and I'll remain in you. Now, this is a no-brainer. Look at the next statement. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Then he says it again, I am the vine, you are the branches. Notice the next word, if a man, a woman remains in me, abides in me, and I in him, notice the proof statement, he, she will bear much fruit. So if I hang with God, And he hangs with me, and we have this vibrant relationship, it's living, it's not religion, it's a relationship, then I will absolutely produce fruit. God will produce it through my life. But notice he ends verse 5 again with a very simple statement. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So look at me for a moment. Let's Let's take this branch and this is the vine, and we're connected. This is Jesus. We're connected. It's a personal relationship. If I'm not connected, I'm a branch. Okay, how long before the branch is dead? Not long. 
And if there was fruit, what happens to it? It shrivels up, you have raisins, and then you have nothing. You see, what he's saying is, watch me, this is very important. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Because my source of life is from who? Jesus. God. The source is not me. It's God in me is the source. So he reminds us again, and this is what an unbeliever is. An unbeliever is a branch trying to find purpose and meaning and source. It doesn't work. You have to have a personal connection. Now, here's the definition, and I'd ask you to write it this morning, what Jesus is really saying. When he says the word remain and abide, it's meno in the Greek, but here's what it means. Remain, continue, follow me. In other words, follow me connected. And bottom line, it simply means this. You and I, as a Christ follower, have an ongoing, vital relationship. Now, let me remind you, a branch doesn't bear fruit by struggling, but by abiding. That relationship affords me the fruit of the Spirit. Also, it doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that we're just passive. Well, how are you doing, Pastor Mark? I'm doing great. And I say to you, how are you doing in your life? Any fruit happening? No, I'm just kind of hanging with Jesus. That's not what we're talking about here. It means that my activity is passive, but it's based on the power of God in me. As I'm teaching you this morning, I'm not just hanging passively here. I've been studying about 20 hours this week. I've been asking God to speak to my heart. And I'm sharing with you his truth. It's not my words, but it's his truth and his power that is going to your life. So see, that's the same for you in all the areas that you live, the way we share the gospel, the way we live, the way we parent, the way we work. So the branch must remain in the vine to have life and produce fruit. Well, that relationship of hanging together hangs on one big deal, obedience. Take a look at verse 10. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. So if I'm going to be fruitful in that vibrant relationship, that relationship, it requires obeying God's word. Notice what Jesus teaches next. Verse 11, I've told you this, everything we just read, I told you this so that, notice, my joy, the joy of Jesus, may be in you, and watch this, as his joy is in my life, that your joy might be complete. The New Living Translation says, yes, your joy will overflow. When you look at verse 11, and Jesus says, I've told you this, so my joy, many Christians don't understand that verse. Because when they look at Jesus, all they can think about is the scriptures that say like this, Jesus was the suffering servant. Was he? Yes, he was. But here it says Jesus had great joy in his life. You see, he's our role model. He obeyed his father, and because of that, his joy was full and overflowing. That's the same lifestyle that I want. That's exactly what you want, so that no matter what's happening in and around our lives, 
I can have the joy of the Lord as I hang, as I have a vibrant relationship with God. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm not sure I really buy into that, that Jesus was like full of joy. Well, let me ask you, what group of people like to be around Jesus more than anybody else? Children. Children were always hanging with Jesus. Why? Because he was a joy to be around. He would say, come unto me. Disciples, shut up. Bring them here. I love kids. Now, if you're a grouchy grandmother or grandpa, the minute you go visit for Thanksgiving, them kids are outside. They don't want to even see you. You know what I mean, don't you? Be quiet. Too loud. Watch what you're doing. Eat right. Boop, they're gone. Don't be that, by the way. Jesus was full of joy. And because he was, and he's the vine, and I'm the branch, I can have his joy, and my joy will be full. You say, well, Pastor Mark, that's really cool. I like the command. I get it. But how? Like, how does that work? Do I print out a big smiley and put it on my face? No, that has nothing to do with it. I want to give you three ways for how this morning. Here's the first one you want to write down. Have joy in God himself. In other words, his character. As we learn to understand the character of God, as you serve God, you'll discover that God is too wise to make any mistakes. I want you to think about that for a moment. Too wise to make any mistakes. You see, I can have that confidence in God because I know that God is a gardener that loves us. That character provides amazing stability in my life. That wisdom, he's the gardener. One day Moses was asking God a little bit about seeing him and his character. And God spoke of his character. Let me read it to you from Exodus. And God passed in front of Moses and said, I am the Lord. I am the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. I am slow to anger. I'm rich in unfailing love and forgiveness. I'm faithful. I'll show this unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. If I need to have joy... That joy is going to come from God himself understanding personally his character. You see, God's compassionate, caring for each individual. Now, some of you are green thumb people. You can put that glove on and you can go in your backyard or wherever and there's roses and there's plants and there's vegetables and all kinds of things. And you're there and you'll pick off some things that are well, musty stuff on there, just pull those leaves off, and then you do a little fertilizer here, and you work it in there, and then you, you just kind of clip and trim. You're taking a personal touch. I want you to understand this this morning. God is our gardener. He has a personal touch in your life. He just doesn't come into the garden here and go, there's the fertilizer, see ya. No, he stops at every branch. And what kind of God is he? Caring, compassionate. 
slow to anger. And he begins to help you become, listen, all that he knows you can become. He's at work in your life this morning. That's why I can have joy. Because I know God knows what he's doing. He is full of love and always ready to forgive me. And yet, there's a part of God that we struggle with. God loves us enough to discipline us so that we'll have more fruit and be more joyful. Look at the verse in Hebrews. It says this. My son... God speaking, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. You see, discipline is not negative. It's positive. Write this next statement down. God's loving discipline is good for us. More fruit and more joy. So as God goes through the vineyard and he comes to me, the word discipline there in the verse that I just showed you means this, to teach, to instruct, to correct, and yes, to punish. You see, pruning, cleaning, and discipline is done by a loving God. Understand this principle. Godly discipline hurts, but it never harms. Any of you ever had surgery? Let me, let me see if you ever had surgery. Did it hurt? <laughs> it hurt. Did it harm you? Well, not if you had a good doctor. It didn't harm you. It made you what? It made you better. Do you understand right now this morning that God is pruning you? Even through these words. Because some of you have lost your joy. Do, do you know what I was going through with the broken tooth and the car that wouldn't start? What was that? That was a test. My initial reaction is my wife's fault. <laughs> I just followed her lead. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, I, know, I don't know what we're going to do. No, not really. Like I told you, I was learning that because I'm teaching that. I'm finding something else to teach next week just to tell you. <laughs> Had enough of that. No, not really. See, a loving God knows how to prune us to make us more effective. But most of that pruning is really teaching. It's really instructing. It's really correcting. Once in a while, it has to be punishment. So the first way that I can learn to have joy in the Lord is to know who God is. That's why we study the word. That's why I read you that this morning. Remember, remember the, what it says here? He's slow to anger. One of the Calvary Chapel pastors for many years, his name is Gail Irwin. He says this, God is slow to anger. I like that. If you live with an anger person, it doesn't go like, oh, anybody here glad that God is slow to anger in your life this morning? Hallelujah. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's slow to anger. So the more I know about God, he's the gardener. He's taking care of me. He's trying to make me look good so that he looks good. And he knows what he's doing. Well, the second key is this. 
have joy in God's word, his promises. Why did God give us the Bible? Well, he gave us the Bible so we would know the character of God. We would know that we are supposed to be joyful. We would know how to do life right. Jesus taught us in John 15 that obedience to God's word brings a life filled with joy. Understand this truth. Obeying God and his word is good for us. No, you would never walk into a vineyard and hear a branch saying this to the vine. I'm not going to hang around anymore. I'm just going to go out and do my own thing. No, because the branch knows that being attached to the vine is what brings it life. It's the same with you and me. We understand Martin Luther's statement. The Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. As I'm giving you the command of God today from the word of God, you understand that vibrancy. On the cruise, Linda and I prayed that we would have time to share with people because we didn't know anybody in the cruise. And you sit with different people every night. So the first two nights, God opened the doors and we got to share about God and his goodness and salvation and two different groups of people. The third and fourth night, we opened it up, shut down by the people. It's okay. But during that cruise, I was saddened in many ways. Because what I saw was, by and large, the majority of people on that cruise, I I guarantee you this, they've never opened the word of God once. They have no idea who God is. And when I looked around at them, they were seeking happiness in all the wrong places. You see, if you don't know God, you're going to pursue happiness. They were pursuing it with tremendous drinking, drunk, sex all over the place with whoever, gambling to the wee hours of the morning and losing everything, and simple just partying, and then, of course, all you can gorge. And it just broke my heart as I watched the people. They're trying to find happiness in the things of this world. It's a dead end. Because in four days, the cruise is over, and they're back to normal life, and they got to go on another cruise to try to find it again. No, guys, understand, the joy of the Lord is where we find fulfillment. And it comes because we have a vibrant relationship with the God who created us. See, these people are empty here. God created them a void that only he can fill. And so as I watched that, it just reminded me of how good God is and how wonderful it is to be able to teach you the word of God. It's my privilege so that you will understand how to be fruitful in life. Now I want you to turn to Psalm 16, Old Testament. And I want you to hear David talk about the goodness of God from the word of God. Old Testament, Genesis, halfway through, book of Psalms, Psalm 16. Notice what David says. He says it like this. Go to verse 1. David, the great writer, he says this. Keep me safe, God, for, notice these words, in you, there's that relationship, in you I take refuge. Verse 2. I said to the Lord, 
You are my Lord, personal. Here's a key. Apart from you, I have no good thing. You see, as we abide in him, everything good flows to us through that relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's go down down to verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I want you to look at me for a moment. Some of you are shaken because of a report you got this week or a death or a circumstance. Or you go to the doctor next week and you're very concerned. Don't be shaken. The gardener, all-knowing, all-powerful God, knows exactly where you're at. Have confidence in him this morning. Stop it. You can have joy and not be shaken. That's what David says. Look at verse 9. He goes on. Therefore, since I'm not going to be shaken, I'm not going to be panicked, my heart is glad and my tongue, what's the word? Rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Of course, much of this chapter is really written in a kind of a picture of the coming Messiah, but it applies to you and me. Here are the benefits of a Christ follower, protection, joy, the promise of resurrection after we die. And then it gets even better. Look at verse 16. You have made known to me the path of life. You see, David is confident that God will show him the steps to take in life. What a blessing that is, knowing that I don't have to figure out what I'm supposed to do. I have divine direction from God. Then he says this, you will fill me with joy in your presence. As I'm doing life, I can be filled with the joy of God again. That my joy might be full. That my complete confidence that God knows what he's doing and it's going to be all right. And then he finishes with the best of all. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. To me, that sounds like the whole spirit-filled life we've just read. Joy, praise, rest, direction, assurance here on this earth. Abiding in the vine brings joy in everything that we need to be fruitful. And then look, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. At the end of the path of life, what awaits a Christian? Heaven. Remember, death is no enemy of the believer. Death is simply the real beginning of our life forever. So would you write this down and understand what David's saying to us from the word of God that never lies. He says this, we can have joy now... Because God is taking us to heaven. It doesn't matter all the ups and downs. It doesn't really matter. Of course, we won't be happy about it when they're disastrous. But we can have joy, a confidence, an underlying confidence that God's in control. The gardener is on duty. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about tapping into Jesus as the vine and letting him live his life through you. He also shared about God's discipline and the benefits of obeying God. The reminders of what awaits you as a follower of Christ should encourage you to stay the course with God, no matter what difficulties come your way, as they surely will. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we'll conclude the teaching, Rejoice in One Thing. Pastor Mark will be sharing about every person's need for God in their lives. As you try to make this life work and make sense without Christ, the emptiness will become more apparent. You need to come to Christ and let Him fill you with His Spirit and let His life flow into and through you to affect those around you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast from all of the production team here at Lessons for Living. We want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving